You guys ready for this preaching? Yeah. All right. Is there, is there any, uh, some of the worship team hasn't heard it yet. So that's good. I need some fresh meat, something to bang on. My wife already got converted first service. So she, uh, she doesn't need it this service. All right, let's pray this message. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you today in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you'd use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. Father, we pray that you would be glorified through this word, Lord, that you would speak to us by this word. Father, that we wouldn't leave here the same way that we came. Father, I pray for those people that are watching online, Lord. I pray that you'd take away the distractions. Lord, I pray that they would stay to the end of the message. Lord, I pray for the people that are listening to this message as it's been recorded. It'll change their lives as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in 2 Samuel 19, uh, verses 18 through 23. It says, Now Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king when he had crossed the Jordan. Then he said to the king, Do not let my lord impute iniquity to me, or remember what wrong your servant did on the day that my lord let the king left Jerusalem. That the king should take it to heart, for I, your servant, know that I have sinned. Therefore, here I am, the first to come today of all your house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord, the king. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah, that you should be adversaries to me today? Shall any man be put to death today in Israel? For do I not know that today I am king over Israel? Therefore, the king said to Shimei, you shall not die. And the king swore to him, swear to me. Um, today we're talking about David once again. And, and if you've been following it along, David is the king of Israel. He uh, was out of Jerusalem because Absalom took over Jerusalem. Absalom's died. And so now David's coming back into Jerusalem. And he's greeted uh, by this guy, Shimei. And Shimei's the first person to welcome David back into Jerusalem. And he says, man, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I took part in. Will you forgive me? And this guy, Abishai, steps up and goes, hey, why don't we kill him? Because he did not treat the king well and he deserves to die. And David says, you know what, Abishai, we're not going to do that. No one's going to die today. We're just going to come back together and be the people of Israel. And so why don't we just be excited about that? What's going on in this story? Well, there's three main characters we're going to talk about today in three separate hearts. We're going to talk about uh, Shimei and his heart. We're going to talk about Abishai and his heart. And we're going to talk about David and his heart. And like all scripture, all scripture is God breathed and useful for rebuking um, and teaching and, and training in righteousness. But a lot of times people want to discount parts of scripture and say, oh, it's just part of the story. When if you would slow down like we do in going through the Bible, you'll see that there's crystal, uh, Christ throughout it all. The, the, the themes are all the same. Nothing really changes. The theme is always the same. And so what we do is we walk through it slowly and then we take those themes out and then we apply them to our lives. Let's get into this. Uh, the first point I want to make this morning is this, <clears throat> is that uh, we need to have a heart to repent. We need to have a heart to repent. Shimei, this guy comes in and says, I know I have sinned. And he comes to the realization that he was a contributor to the demise of the kingdom of David uh, and, and that he had a role to play in it. And so if you think about Shimei and how, how he comes forward and he's there uh, uh, being 
being the first one to greet David and being the first one to, to be able to, to see David and, and admit his wrong, it, it gives us a, a very clear understanding of Shimei's heart and who he is and what he is about. Now, if maybe you've missed this, but uh, Shimei is the uh, same person back in Second Samuel 16. And for those of you that are members of our church that follow the word along, uh, Shimei is the guy that back in, in, in chapter 16, let me show you what Shimei did. Second uh, Samuel 16, verse 5, it says, Now when King David came to Behirim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gerah, coming from there. He came out cursing continuously as he came. And he threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Also Shimei said thus when he cursed, come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil because you are a bloodthirsty man. Uh, do, do you see the picture here? Shimei is a guy that just a few chapters ago was literally throwing stones at David and cursing him. And now he's coming to David and admitting and saying, you know what? I was wrong. I never should have done that. I, I apologize for what I've done. It's quite a drastic change of heart to see this man Shimei that went from a rock chucking, cursing man to a man that is now at the feet of David saying, forgive me. I know what I did was wrong. It, it, it actually says, if we go back to our scriptures, he says, uh, for I, your servant, know that I have sinned. I know that I've sinned. I know that you've done, done me wrong. And he goes so far as to say, do not let my Lord impute iniquity to me or remember what wrong your servant did. Now that's heart change. That's a heart change, a heart change that goes from I'm throwing rocks at you and I'm cussing at you to a heart that says, you know what? I'm sorry. I never should have done that. Please, please don't hold it against me. Now, now you remember that David did not engage with Shimei. And we talked about that back when we had the sermon from verse 16. All the people around him, actually Abishai during that time was like, hey, let's kill this guy. And, and the word that David said was, you know what, we're just going to leave him alone. We're just going to leave him to do what he's doing. And so now we see the fruit of David letting God have his way upon uh, Shimei in that Shimei is no longer uh, uh, doing what he used to do. He's actually asking for forgiveness from David. God bless Shimei and his heart change. God handled his heart. He repented. And this is the heart of repentance he realized that he had done wrong and that he needed the forgiveness of David. You'll notice though that he stopped doing what he did before. He didn't come up to David and start throwing stones at him and continuing to cuss at him and say, hey, I'm for, I just want to let you know that I'm wrong and I want to ask that you would forgive me and I want to move forward in our relationship, but I'm going to continue to do what I was doing before. No, he stopped doing what he had done before. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 
Shimei is walking this out. He was in a sea of people from Israel. He didn't have to come forward to repent. Remember, tens of thousands of people are in the nation of Israel and a thousand or so from the tribe of Benjamin came out. But Shimei uh, is one guy that steps forward and says, you know what, I'm not going to hide in the crowd. I'm not going to hide and say um, that, 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 uh, that I wasn't who I was and I didn't do what I said I was going to do. No, I'm going to come forward to repent. I'm going to come forward to repent and say, I apologize and I shouldn't have done this. He wanted to make it right. See, David was a man of repentance as well. Psalm 32, 5, I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity. I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Friend, this is the heart of someone who loves God. They want to turn from their sins. They want to make it right with God and with others. They want to admit their sins and then reestablish the relationship because with no admittance of the sin, it's near impossible to, to, to move forward in the relationship. Some people have a form of repentance. It's called, I'm going to pretend like nothing happened. I'm going to distance myself from you for a period of time and then try to enter back into the relationship and let's just all move forward and pretend that what happened didn't happen. That's not repentance. Shimei didn't do this. Shimei didn't come up and be like, yeah, let's, let's just forget that I was the guy up on the hill that was chucking rocks at you and cursing at you. Let's, let's just move forward. I'm not going to talk about it. You're not going to talk about it. We're just going to move forward. No, he comes and says, that was me. I did that. And I'm going to stop doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to continue to throw stones and cuss at you and then ask for forgiveness. No, I'm going to change. See, Jesus said in Matthew 3, 8, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. And that's for us as well. If we've truly repented, it's going to show in our words and our actions. We're not merely going to uh, uh, just act like nothing's wrong. We're going to verbalize it to others. We're going to change the way in which we live. We're, we're not going to uh, just continue to live the way that we've been living. We're going to say, I'm sorry, and I'm going to change the way that I've been living. What does it mean to you? What relationships do you have in your life that are not changed because you haven't repented? What relationships do you have? What what relationships are strained because you were the person that did wrong and you know that you need to apologize for what you did wrong, but you haven't repented. You haven't turned from it. Now, if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, the most important thing that you need to repent from is your sins so that you can have a relationship with Jesus. That's, that's the most important repentance that you need to have. But there, there's also professing Christians that get caught up in selfish pride and ruin relationships that, because they refuse to repent to the people that they've hurt. They, they just refuse to do it. And it's selfish pride. It's, it's because they're, they're afraid, well, what are people going to think about me? Or how are people going to view me if, 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 I, if I admit fault and I admit that I'm wrong? I'll tell you how they're going to view you. They're going to view you as a Christian. They're going to view you as a person that actually has had a heart change, that, that actually believes in the gospel and believes in the words of scripture. See, repentance is, I know what I did. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. That's, that's what repentance is. That's what repentance is. I know what I did. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians seven ten, for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. 
See, Shimei didn't go back to his old ways. Shimei didn't continue to live the way that he was living. He, he, deci- he decided to uh, 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 change the way in which he was living and not be the same. Not at all. He said, you know what? I'm not going to stay the same way that I was because I've realized the way that I was living was wrong and I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm going to move forward away from my sins. I'm going to move forward towards David, not back to my old ways. The Bible says in Acts 3.19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, if you find that your relationships are strained with God or others, you may not be living a life of repentance. You, you, may, you may have a, a one-time time of repentance, which is important as a Christian, but as a Christian, repentance is not a one-time event. It's an ongoing event that we continually must live to look inside of ourselves and say, what, what people have I wronged and what sins have I committed towards God? And then and, and, and who do I need to ask for forgiveness from? Or do I need to go to God and say, God, forgive me of this and change the way in which I'm living my life? Releasing wrong, admitting it, asking for forgiveness and moving forward away from the sin. The truth is, is that that I have people in my life I have never heard ask for forgiveness once or admit fault once. People, People that clearly have done wrong to me and to others, and I've never heard them admit fault ever, ever. Be be concerned if the stories of your life is that you're always the victim and and never never the oppressor. Be concerned, man, because I'll tell you, there's been times in my life when I've been the oppressor and not the victim. There's been times I've been the victim as well. But if all the stories of your life are that you are the victim and you're never the oppressor, there's there's something wrong in your head, man. There's there's something that you haven't figured out because every single one of us, if we were honest, we would say, you know what? I've hurt people. I've hurt relationships and I need to ask for forgiveness or admit fault. I remember one time I was in a relationship with somebody. I always have to have these clarifiers because as soon as I start telling a story and I say someone, people in our church always be like, oh my gosh, is it me? <laughs> it's not you, okay? No one in our church. I actually have relationships with people outside of our church. Uh, but someone I'm in relationship with outside of the church, many years ago, uh, we had an interaction and this person said something to me that was very, very hateful. Uh, it was hateful and hurtful. And, and it was one of those situations where uh, you, you begin to, uh, as they're speaking, and you realize this person actually feels this way about me, and this changes the relationship. Because uh, sometimes people say things to you, and as they're saying them, you realize like, okay, this person is not who I thought they were, and they don't think about me the way that I thought that they thought about me. And so as we walked away from this interaction, I literally began to weep because I realized that our relationship was never going to continue. It wasn't going to be the same. And I was already envisioning my life without this person in my life, which was sad because I, up to this point, I really loved this person and I really wanted to be in a relationship. But what they said and how, how they spoke, it became clear that, that we couldn't be in relationship any longer. And they knew it. They knew it as they said it. 
And so I said, well, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And it's fine. And they said, stop saying that. I, I don't want you to say it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay what I did. It's not okay what I said. And, and I understand if you don't even want to be in relationship with me anymore, I'd understand because of what I said. I'm just begging you. Would you please forgive me because I don't want to lose you as a friend. And, and, and that's true repentance. That's true repentance. And, and that morning we hugged it out. We cried it out. And, and, and our relationship has been better than it's ever been. Uh, we never brought it up again. We've never talked about it. Offend. One time they did in joking, admitting how bad of a person they were, but uh, I've never held it against them. It's been years. Then why? Cause I knew that they truly repented. I knew they truly didn't mean it. And so our relationship was able to move forward. That's what true repentance looks like. Now, listen, I'm not saying you need to walk around saying, I'm sorry to everything. But if you never hear anyone admit fault for anything, it's hard to believe that they're living in repentance. It's really hard. It's hard to believe that. See, the Bible says in Acts 17.30, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. The Christian walk is a life, is a life of repentance. It's a, it's a life that we need to live. And, and if you're not living a life of repentance... You should be asking yourself, what is wrong with me and how should I be living my life differently? Because it's how we all should be living. Here's the second part of it is that we can't have a heart of revenge. We can't have a heart of revenge at all. Now you look in this story, Abishai says, shall not Shimei be put to death? Now Abishai, you can't help it, can you? Now old habits die hard. If, if you look at, if you look at Shem, uh, uh, Abishai, Abishai is the same guy back at the end of first Samuel. If you remember the story, uh, Saul was asleep. Abishai went down into the valley with, uh, with David and he said, Hey, let's kill Ab- Let's kill King Saul because we have our chance. That was Abishai's heart. <coughs> Abishai was the same guy that wanted to kill Shimei back in in chapter 16. And so now here we are again, Shimei, God bless him, is being repentive. And and there's Abishai once again. Hey, let's kill him. Come on, he deserves to die. You know, if anything, Abishai is is consistent. He's always down to defend David, whatever the cost. Shimei had come against David. He was the cussing rock throwing guy. And now Abishai wants to get his. Let's kill him. Let's just get rid of him. Abishai wants his bound of flesh. One of these days I'm going to preach a whole sermon on just Abishai because uh, he, he's all over. You wonder why he's in the scriptures. And here's, here's why I think that, that he's included in the scriptures from first to second Samuel is that uh, Abishai is always the contrast. He's always the one that's like, let's kill and destroy. And David's like, ah. Let's let God have his way. Hey, let's, let's kill and destroy. Let's, let's just wait and see what happens. Let's kill and destroy. Wait, this guy is being repentive. Let's, let's not do that. See, here's, here's what David shows is that David shows God's heart in this, a heart of forgiveness, not a heart of revenge. And that should be our hearts. We should, we, we shouldn't live that way either. We can't have the heart of Abishai. We've got to have the heart of David. See, these ideas that we talk about in scripture of like not having revenge and not, not, not acting out, uh, out of rage. These are, these are themes that have been flowing through the scriptures all the way back to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 19, 18. 
You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. These are not New Testament principles. These are Bible principles. These are principles that God has put upon us from the beginning to allow God to take vengeance, that we're not to take revenge. Proverbs 20, verse 22, do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. These are Old Testament truths that still apply today. God wants to be the one to bring about his justice, not ours. He does not want us to take matters into our own hands. But that's not the heart of most people. Most people want to give people back what they des- what they feel as though they deserve. Can I get an amen? Yes. Yeah. You know, this week, my wife and I and kids, we drove down to California we, visit, we visited our sister church, the Building Christian Fellowship in Susun City, California. Pastor John and Pastor Kaya send their blessings and their love. Their church is doing well. Um, we just needed a little R&R. Faith wanted to check out a college down there that she might go to. So we just kind of snuck away. So we're driving over the top of Mount Shasta, not on Mount Shasta, but the pass by Mount Shasta. If you've ever driven on I-5, it was beautiful, man. It's like in the 90s. It's sunny. I mean, it was 110 degrees in Reading. It was great. So we're driving and, and there's three lanes and I'm, I'm driving in the middle lane. And I know some of you guys are like, Matt drove. I'm like, it happens. It's rare. I was driving for a while. Crystal usually drives. So I'm driving as we're driving, someone's passing me on the right hand side. And I'm, I'm the guy that I want to see who's passing me. That's just who I am. Some people don't pay attention. I'm always, I always look at who I'm passing and who's passing me just how I am. So this person's passed me on the right-hand side and I glanced over and they throw up double fists, the single finger salute. And I was like, that's odd. Why are they giving me the double finger salute? If you, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You guys probably never get that. And I looked at Chris and I said, why is that person doing that to us? Cause we're in the center lane. And she, and Crystal said, did you do something wrong? Like, I don't think so, where there, there wasn't a lot of traffic. I didn't cut anybody off. I wasn't weaving in. I was just driving down the center lane. And so they, you know, did this to me as I was driving. And so I don't know how you are, but when that kind of stuff happens, my mind immediately changes. Like my, my mind immediately changes into this idea of like, okay, we're on our way to California, but I'm going to follow this person to Reno if I have to. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out why they did this to me and I'm going to make it right. Can I get an amen? Anybody else do that? So we're driving and I begin to just get enraged and I'm like, I've done nothing wrong. And so the, the trip changed. Okay. We're, we're following this person. I'm driving. We're, we, we, we go and we're following them and we get to the next exit. They get off. We, we get off the next exit. We pull into the McDonald's parking lot and all six foot, six foot five, 230 pounds. Cause I saw it. it's about a hundred pound woman that did this to me. And so I'm like, I get out of my car and I walk up to the window and I'm like, Hey, what's up now? I didn't do that. Of course I didn't do that. No, I didn't. We just kept driving, but in my mind and in my heart, that's what I want. That's what I saw, right? That's what I've been wronged. I'm going to make this right. No, we didn't do anything. We just kept driving. And I said to Crystal, they're making it in the sermon on Sunday. 
Why? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 29, do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. No, of course I didn't do anything. I wanted to for just a minute because there's a part of my flesh that still needs to be saved. I didn't do anything, man. I don't know what that person's life is like. I don't know what's wrong with them, but I I don't have time to go take revenge on people. I just don't. I live to a higher standard. The Bible says in Romans 12, 17, repay no one for evil. Excuse me, repay no no one evil for evil, but regard for good things in the sight of all men. What does it mean to you? Are you a revengeful person? And I, and I ask that passively, but I'm, I'm asking you to consider that in your heart. Are you a revengeful person? Do you enjoy hurting others and getting back at them? Now, now a, a funny story about a, a fleeting thought in traffic that might last 30 seconds in my mind. I really get no pleasure from revenge. I, I, I'm just not that type of person. I, I don't enjoy, uh, if I've been hurt, I don't enjoy hurting people back because I don't like being hurt. But there's people out there that love it, man. They love getting back at people. And if that's in your heart, you're wrong. It's wrong. It's not of God and he doesn't approve of it. Change your heart. The Bible says in Romans 12, 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. See, when you step in to take revenge on your own, you miss out on God taking his revenge. And God's revenge is much better than our, our revenge. Now we said that Shimei repented and it's good. But part of the Bible record is we look in 1 Kings chapter 2 and Shimei actually dies. Shimei uh, dies at the hands of Solomon, King David's son. Uh, Solomon, after David dies, because da- Solomon said to David, even right before he died, he said, hey, I'm going to kill him. And David goes, ah, just let him go. Like, it's fine. But Solomon wanted to exact justice onto Shimei uh, because Shimei truthfully deserved to die for what he had done to the king. Um, and, and Solomon brought out the justice. And so you see in first Kings, how Shimei was, uh, killed, executed. David never saw this. David never saw the vengeance that came upon Shimei. He turned it over into the hands of God. Solomon was the one that brought in the vengeance upon Shimei. Now we're not going to get into the details of whether Solomon was right. That's a different sermon. We not going to get into that, but, but here's what we say is that David can control himself. He can't control other people. He, was, he had already died and Solomon did what he did, but it is a measure of vengeance upon Shimei that came not at the hands of David, not at the hands of Abishai, but at the hands of somebody else. For me, I want to live out 1 Peter 3, 9, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you might inherit a blessing. We don't want to return what we're getting. We want to give back love, care, and mercy. This is what the Bible describes, requires, and demands of us, folks, is that we would not be people that were revengeful, uh, but actually giving place for God's wrath. See, the heart of the Father for us is love, mercy, forgiveness, not revenge. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. This is why it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Are you pursuing what is good for others? Or are you so filled with anger, jealousy, envy, and resentment and revenge that you want to see others destroyed? See, here's, here's, here's what I've found. 
Is that a lot of times people that are filled with anger, jealousy, envy, and resentment, and revenge, and want to destroy other people, it's, it's because they haven't repented in the way that Shimei repented. They haven't repented in the way that David's repented. And it's because of the anger that's inside of their hearts that they want revenge on other people because they haven't appropriated that forgiveness in their own hearts. Because that's what we should be doing. We should have a heart to remit. Remit means this, to cancel or refrain from exacting or inflicting a debt or a punishment. And, that's, and that was the heart of David. David had every right to destroy, uh, d- destroy uh, Shimei, but he didn't. He told Abishai, we don't want to do this. David had a heart of forgiveness. He said, you shall not die. And the king swore to him. He had every legal right to destroy Shimei and to put him in the grave, but he chose not to. He chose to not destroy Shimei. He wanted to forgive him. He wanted to let him go. This is the same heart. And if you remember back to 2 Samuel 16, when we were in there, it's the same heart that David had. Everybody around was like, this guy's cursing at you and he's chucking rocks at you. Why don't you destroy him? And he's like, eh, just go. God will take care of it. Shimei's heart changes and he comes back with a heart of repentance. And so David's like, praise God, you repented. I forgive you. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of David. He doesn't want to destroy him. He doesn't want to put him in the grave. What causes a heart like that? A heart that's experienced God's forgiveness himself. See, David had wronged God. David had wronged God with Bathsheba. He had committed, I mean, it's a big one that's in there, but I'm sure there's little ones that he committed as well. But God had, God had given uh, David so much grace that it created him having grace towards other people. Psalms 103, uh, 10 says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. See, God had given David so much grace and David had experienced so much grace that it changed the way in which he lived and how he dealt with other people because he didn't put judgment on them. He didn't destroy them because God did not destroy David. It changed the way that he had lived his life. He had experienced it himself and it changed him. Psalm one, uh, excuse me, Psalm 145, 9, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. David knew this and he understood this. Can you picture this? Can you imagine a person that had been forgiven and wasn't a forgiving person? Wonder if you knew anybody like that. Maybe yourself. That God has forgiven you, that God has forgiven your sins, that God has set you free. And then in turn, you're not a forgiving person. You're not a person that just allows people the ability to change, that allows people to repent, that allows God to deal with people the way that he needs to deal with people. You know, the Bible actually says a lot about how forgiving we should be. Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Friend, that's the standard of scripture. It's what God designed for us and what he wants from us. And it's a high standard. And, and, and I know we talk about it a lot. And the reason why we talk about it a lot is because it's very easy to fall into a trap of not being a forgiving person. It's very easy to fall into a trap and forget that God has forgiven us. This is one of the reasons why weekly church is so important is because we go all week long and, and we fall into different cycles of different things. But then you come back together and the word chastises us once again and says, will you remember that Christ forgave you? Will you remember that he set you free? And will you remember that so that you will live life differently and you'll treat people differently? Yeah. 
Matthew 6, 15, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. You remember the parable of the debtor that Jesus talked about where the guy uh, had a guy that owed him a debt and so that guy forgave his debt and then this guy that was forgiven his debt went and found somebody that owed him money and threatened him and said, pay me the money that owes me. And Jesus says, you know what? If you're like that, you're gonna be tossed into a stick pile of flames because you don't forgive somebody after you yourself have been forgiven. We're supposed to be forgivers. That's what we're supposed to do. Would people you know describe you as forgiving? Would they describe you as a person that forgives others? Because it should be for all of us. It should be how people describe us. They should say, you know what, man? I don't know much about that person, but man, they are really forgiving. She's one of the most forgiving people that I know. And people, and, and, and here's what happens with selfish pride is that you're afraid that people are going to perceive you as a doormat. And there's like, well, you're, you're, you don't have any self-respect because you allow people to treat you a certain way. I'm not saying you need to allow people to abuse you. I'm not saying that at all. You, you don't have to stay in a, rela- a relationship with people that are abusive to you at all. Uh, you don't have to stay in a relationship with somebody who refuses to repent. Yeah, you don't have to do that either. But, but for people that treat you some kind of way, whether you're in a relationship with them or not, If you are a forgiving person, forgiving helps you. It doesn't matter what happens with that other person. You're supposed to forgive them. You're supposed to set them free from that debt. That that gal that did whatever to me on the freeway, I don't know where she is. I don't know what's the matter with her life. She's probably out doing that to somebody else on the highway. But me holding it against, in my heart, against it changes me. It changes something about me. The, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness, not always for the benefit of other people, but for the benefit of ourselves. You, 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 you have a, a lot of just anger and frustration inside of you when you don't live a life of forgiveness. You have to just release people from stuff. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. That's the standard of scripture, not revenge, forgiveness. Think, think about this and get this down into your spirit today. Jesus forgave people that crucified him. How, how can you not forgive someone for what they did to you? How? Je- Jesus forgave the people that crucified him. He says, then Jesus said to him, father, forgive them for they don't want for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and they cast lots. People say, what would Jesus do? And they want to be like Jesus, but they don't want to actually live like it. And I understand, man, maybe your parents hurt you or someone abused you, or you've been abused at a job or a system or a club or a team, or or you have a perception of people's abuse towards you. The Bible makes it clear. You have to forgive everyone. You have to, you, you don't have to be in a relationship with everyone, but you do have to forgive everyone. You can't hold it in your heart against somebody because it hurts you more than it hurts them. You have to live a life of forgiveness. Romans 4, 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. What a blessing it is that God does not hold our sins against us. And we in turn should give that forgiveness to everybody else around us. Well, no matter what it is, man, just be like, do you want man? I forgive you. That's fine. We all deserve destruction. How can we hold anyone to a higher standard than ourselves? You know, I remember, I remember years ago that there was someone that had created a a heinous sin that, that Crystal and I knew and and everybody was running away from this person. And I remember uh, we, we met them in the, in the parking lot of, of a store and Crystal and I both got out of the, uh, out of the car and we ran to him 
and we hugged him. And he was so surprised because he thought we were going to hate him. And the sin was heinous, folks, as heinous as it gets. And, and me and Crystal said, and how can we hold him to a higher standard than God holds us to? I deserve destruction. I deserve, I deserve hell, man. But God in his, in his mercy forgave me. And when everybody else was just shaking their fists, this guy, we said, you know what, man, we're just going to love him. We're going to forgive him. Why? Because we knew how much God had forgiven us from. Ephesians 5.1 says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Friend, God forgives us all from everything we ever do, think, say, and believe. He still receives us. Not a one of us deserve to be in his presence. None of us. But he forgives us. We should forgive other people. It's not because we're good. It's because he's good and what he's done for us. 2 Corinthians 2.10, Now to whom you forgive anything, I also forgive for if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that, that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. See, Paul even forgave other people that had hurt the Corinthian church because of the depth of forgiveness that went down in his heart. He said, you know what? I'll forgive the people that you forgive. That's how deep it goes. You guys remember the Lord's Prayer? Right? Lord's Prayer, you learned it in Sunday school, Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's what we need to pray every day. This is why, this is why personal devotions are so important is that it gives you the opportunity to lay yourself bare before God and say, God, have I sinned against you? Is there anything that I need to apologize for? And have I sinned against anybody else? Is there anybody that I need to forgive? Anybody I need to go ask for forgiveness from? There has been horrible stuff done to me in my life, stuff that I'll never speak to about to anybody. But but I forgive those people. I move on. And, and, and some people will say like, after years, come up and be like, hey man, I apologize for what I did to you. And I'm like, I don't remember because once I've forgiven somebody in their hearts, uh, in my heart, I just let it go. I, I don't I, I don't uh, hold on to it and keep a record of it. You know, the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. I don't have time to keep a rolling list of everybody in my life that's hurt me. I just don't. I just choose to forgive them because the Bible says that I have to. I want to live a life. I just want to move on. In my, wor- in my world, I just think, you know what? F them and let it go. Forgive them. Forgive everybody. Just forgive them all. Because I, I just want to live a way that God wants me to live. And it means to forgive everyone, no matter what, all the time. Amen. I hope that you got something out of this today. Remember, live a heart of repentance. Don't live a heart of revenge. And live a heart to remit, to forgive people of their sins. Before we close today, I want to invite you, if you're not a Christian this morning, to give your heart to Christ. To give your heart to Christ, and, and and it's really quite easy. Either you're a Christian, or you uh, either you're a Christian or you're not. Either you've given your life to Jesus, or you haven't. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins, I want to encourage you to do that today. And it's really quite easy. You just go to Jesus and say, "Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you set me free? I want to live for you." And like Shimei, you can't keep throwing stones at Him and cursing at Him. You stop doing what you were doing. You turn away from your sins. Christ will forgive you. He'll set you free. You'll become a new creation. And if you've never done that before, I want you to get on your knees right now, wherever you're at, and just crowd to God and say, Lord, forgive me, set me free. I want to live for you. If you did that for the first time today, we want you to send us a message. We have some materials we can send you so you can live a life of Christ. For the rest of us, let's pray over this message. 
Father, we pray that we would live a life of repentance, not a life of revenge. Father, that we would appropriate your forgiveness upon our lives. And Father, that we would live a life of forgiveness towards other people. Father, we pray that we can live out this message to your glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I miss you. I love you. Come to parking lot service if you can. If you can't, stay online. Um, We'll see you when we can. I love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.